At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. All right, fine. I'll start. I didn't, hey, I, didn't associate, I didn't associate it with uh, with me starting the episode. No. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, uh, one of your hosts today, uh, Ben. And I'm here with Christy and Matt. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. Yep. Yep. We're we glad made a you're plan. leading this. Yeah, yeah. We made a plan of how to do the podcast, and then mm-hmm. I completely forgot what the plan was. So, I don't know. It's all right, Ben. You're here now. That's all that matters. Take some deep breaths, right. buddy. Yeah. All right. I think I'm okay. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but last week was Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And yes. one of the things that I'm always curious about, Christy, when it comes to holidays that are that are happening, oh, yeah. is what you what kind of fancy pancakes or clothing <laughs> or you know what I mean, like decorations oh, yeah. or, or like yard games. Like what do you have planned for Valentine's Day? What what did you what did you do with your family for Valentine's Day? Yeah, I I like holidays because I like having everything like I like having a party for all the things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. um so yeah, I have a sweater, you guys. It's probably like 15 years old. It's pink. And it says mm-hmm. je t'aime, which is I love you oh, in yeah. French. Yeah. I wear it every mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. It's like the only time I really okay. wear it. I actually put tradition. it in a box with other Valentine's decor. So I don't even have it out in my closet. Except for for that time, so yeah, I wear once that. A year. Yeah. Um, yes, I got my fingernails painted like Valentine's with a little heart. You can't. We need to put the clip on the thing so people can see. Um, yeah. But my my fingers are painted red with a little heart on them, which is like nice. really maybe dorky, but some people might love it. But the big thing we do is we do a red and uh, pink meal. Everything is okay. red and pink. So yes. spaghetti. Jello. Um, Wait, like spaghetti is red not red. Well, the sauce, the sauce, the sauce is, is oh, red. Okay. The, the sauce. sauce is red. Now yeah. I see. And All then right. smoothies that are pink. And mm. my daughter made brownies with pink icing. Okay, so kind of fun. That what did fun. you guys do? <laughs> hmm. uh, what it's did you so do? Don't tell me you forgot. No, what I always did, remember. What, what did you do, remember. Ben? For Valentine's Day, um, the, uh, we ordered takeout and watched a movie at home. Our daughter was okay. working, and so we just <laughs> that's what we did. Okay, very romantic. <laughs> I mean, that, for for my wife and I, we really like that. We really like just hey. being at home, and we like to just uh, watch shows and movies together. So yeah, it was it's nice, great. and we love takeout. We love food. So right, it was great. Yes, it was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sharon and I, we you? do lunch dates 
because the kids are at school. We don't have to pay a babysitter. And then, well, nice. we don't need babysit anymore, but lunch dates are typically like half price as well as dinner dates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Wait, did you dress up? Because I feel like you've done lunch dates before when you've dressed up like crazy. Like yeah. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. I'm pretty sure you dress up like crazy for that. Did you wear pink and red? No. You know what? There's a f- <laughs> so I'm I am intending to stay married for as long as I can. This yeah. is my I'm still working out the strategy, but the intention is to stay married as long as I can, and I learned very early on that the the more attention I draw to my <laughs> wife when we are out in public, the less likely I'll be married for a long time. <laughs> yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You tracking? It's a a long-term strategy you've got there. Yeah, I'm playing the long game here. So Mm -hmm. I sometimes sacrifice, I mean, I did buy a pair of purple jogger pants. Um, I saw that on social media. Did you see those? (laughs) I'm really proud of those. And uh, I don't- But your family, not proud of them. My kids do not like them. My wife doesn't talk about them, which (laughs) is an indication of how she feels. I yeah. think <laughs> if she ignores them, they'll go away is I think her philosophy there. Yeah. Those pants, by the way, this is for another podcast intro, but those pants have a, an amazing, hilarious story behind oh. them uh, that, oh, you- that made Matt want to wear them a little bit less. So <laughs> I'll just okay. tease everybody it's with that because we can't next get into week. it. We can't next get into it. But next week we can story. talk, we should talk about it. We yes. should. All right. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Remind us uh, dear listener about the purple <laughs> pants and Matt. <laughs> Matt can share the story with you. Oh, oh my goodness. Mercy. You guys. It's very good. Well, today it's we're going to talk about counseling. Okay. Which is, uh, maybe you need counseling because of the purple pants. I don't know. Nope. Um, okay. <laughs> it's All a right. sign we'll of my that next week. mental uh, health that I okay. am comfortable wearing bright purple <laughs> pants. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead, Christy. No, I just, like, that's what we're going to talk about today, which I think yeah. is, mm-hmm. we're going to share our own stories. Um, yeah. Which, to be honest... I've actually thought about this podcast several times oh. before we sat down right now to do it because mm-hmm. um, normally we're talking about a topic and I'm free and I'm like, yeah, this is great. But then all of a sudden this mm-hmm. one is like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is like, this is my heart. This is my life. This is my story. And same with you. And so I just appreciate you guys coming, being willing to share and yeah. hopefully it's helpful to, to our listeners. So, yeah. Um, I thought maybe we'd start first with just talking about what is counseling. What are we meaning by that? Um, and maybe what are we not meaning by that? Now, I want to make a disclaimer. None of us are counselors. Um, none of us have training like, in that. And so we don't claim that. Um, right. But in how would you define counseling, Ben? Oh, um, <clears throat> I should have given this some more thought. I didn't know there was going to be a test. <laughs> this is a hard question, Christy. You no. want to think about it um, and I'll go first? So ben? when you, yeah. Well, when you say counseling, I'm, I'm just saying like you we're not licensed therapists, right? right. Like that's kind of what we're meaning by counseling. Because right. there is such a thing as like pastoral counseling. You know, like that's sure. a that's a phrase that I've used that, mm-hmm. you know, as a pastor, there is a kind of counseling that I can give, but I, I am not a licensed therapist. Correct. None of us yeah. uh, right. So we're talking we're talking about that. Yes. What, that what when you mean we by say counseling, counseling we're yes. meaning a licensed therapist. Yeah who is not a friend or your spouse yeah. or a, yeah. a pastor, but um, yeah. just a different level maybe. is That's yeah. what I'm referring to when I say that. I guess I just yeah, want good. to be clear that's that helpful. that's what we're all saying. Matt, would you add anything to that? No, I think there's, there's trained therapists who have to go through certification processes and educational processes. And I think, um, you know, you could, if you, it's like say your appendix burst, you could uh, get that taken care of uh, in the old school bus behind the Walmart by the guy who says he's a doctor, or mm-hmm. you could go to the hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think in in much of the same way that like medical doctors have to go through a rigorous certification process, so to uh, clinical health or mental health uh, professionals yeah. um, have, yeah. have to also, you know, get certified and they have ethical standards and they've got uh, metrics and benchmarks, et cetera. So that's, yeah, yeah that's what I'm referring to in this conversation uh, when when we're talking about counseling, although I did get a B plus in pastoral counseling in seminary, I just want to put that That's out there. Right. You, you mentioned that actually, I yeah. think did last I? time. Well, yeah. I'm pretty mm-hmm. proud of that B plus. It was a hard class. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was a 
That's good. And I, I think it's important to note too, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit, but, um, <clears throat> and maybe next week, I know one of the things we want to do in this series is talk about the relationship between faith and therapy. Like how, how do they interrelate, you know, overlap, interlock, you know, that kind of thing. But just to play on your metaphor, Matt, of the, <clears throat> the guy who says he, he's a doctor, uh, at the Walmart, um, there are also people like pastors, for example, who could mm-hmm. help you with certain aspects of going through the surgery of getting your appendix removed, but you wouldn't want a pastor removing your appendix, you know, no per se. Right. Nope. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's, a, it's kind of a, like learning to stay in a lane. Maybe that's a metaphor, but yeah. But yeah. So, so anyway, we're talking about our experiences, right? Christy today yeah. about like in uh, with therapy, kind of licensed counselors. Yeah. And maybe before we share our stories of, of being in therapy and going to counseling, I am curious to hear what is your family of origins ideas or thoughts about therapy? Because I think mm. that, at least for me, it does impact, it did impact <clears throat> mm-hmm. what then I thought about it. And I'm for curious sure. to know if, if that's true for you. So what did your family of origin kind of think about therapy? It's a good question. I, for me, I don't, I don't remember talking about it that much. Um, it definitely was not like a normal part of anybody's experience in my family. It wasn't like, you know, yeah, it wasn't like that I was aware of, you know, like neither of my parents like went to therapy or talked about it. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't, I think probably the impression that I came away with uh, just, you know, again, nobody was saying this out loud, but was just that like, it's, it's a good thing for people who are really need it, you know? But if you like, if you're going to counseling, it's like, Oh, like there's something really wrong. Like something's really bad has happened and you need to, you need a lot of help. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the, the feeling. It was like, you know, it was like the same thing as like somebody who had to have major surgery because they got in a car accident. It was like, Oh gosh, that's bad. Yeah. You know? Same, yeah. total yeah. same for me. That was like my parent, like I knew people in counseling, but it was like, it was a different level than just yeah. like some, yeah, anything that I was familiar with initially. And mm-hmm. so it meant that they had attempted suicide or that right. there had been, you know, real huge trauma. And um, that was my experience. Matt, was that yeah. was it familiar to you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The, um, I guess we can just get into this. My, the, I, the story my mom told about why my parents got divorced is because my mom wanted my dad to go to counseling and he wouldn't. Wow. So, um, so I, for me, from a very early age, uh, <laughs> and then, um, and then when my parents got divorced, I had a really hard time with it. I was like a six or seven, and I was put in counseling, and I remember being really, really mad that I was in counseling and that they like, I'm not going to talk about this kind of like, I just kind of shut down and I wouldn't talk um, for a long time. In fact, I remember this, I think I've told you the story, Ben. I remember this time that they put me in a chair facing a therapist and I turned my body 90 degrees away from the therapist and stared at the door. And I, I remember, I remember this, gosh, this had to be 40 years ago. I was staring at the door and I remember working up the gumption to leave. And eventually, yes. And eventually I, and it, I don't know, it could have been like four minutes and it could have been a half an hour. I have no idea. But eventually I got out of the chair, ran to the door, opened the door, ran down the hall, went to the stairwell and sat. And like one of those back stairwells that's like, you're not supposed to use it except for fires, you know? And I sat there for a long time until they found me. Um, so pretty pretty positive relationship with therapy, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, those, are the two, those are my two endearing memories of therapy before the age of like eight. Those two things. Oh, can I share yeah. one more? Can I share one more? Yeah, do it. Uh, my mom liked the show Phil Donahue and he kind of, he kind of was like a, uh, pop 
therapist when he would like interview people and ask them questions and stuff. And I remember mm-hmm. my mom really liked that. But that that's that's a distant <laughs> third, I think. <laughs> and now a word from a sponsor. The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, our 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn how to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life that God shares with us. It is a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying out some new practices. In the Gravity Formation Course, we go below the surface of our lives so that we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and to discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it's helped many people to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, go to gravitycommons.com slash formation. All right, let's get back into our conversation. My experience is similar to yours, Matt, as um, my parents got divorced when I was very little, um, only a few months old. And Mm. when I hit sixth grade, stories of why my parents got divorced came out. Um, Mm. And I had a hard time understanding. I had a hard time like having a box for what my parents were telling me and, and processing it. Yeah. And so my body just responded. I started throwing up like in the Ooh. middle of school, like I'd be in the middle of band and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. And I don't even know if I was like consciously thinking about the fact that my parents were divorced or like what was going on um, at, but somehow my body was responding. And so my mom called a therapist and was like, my daughter's like, throwing up at rant. I mean, I wasn't sick, but it was just emotionally. That's how I, that's how I was handling it. And they found a counselor that was 45 minutes away uh, from where I lived. And my mom drove me there every week and I would sob, like cry the whole way there. And then I would go in there and I would quote unquote, be a good girl and do what they asked me to do and talk about whatever I need to talk about. And then I would get back in the car and my mom was like my safe person, you know, in my life at that time. (laughs) And I would sob the whole way home. And that was my first experience with therapy of they were making me come. My body was freaking out. I would cry the whole way there and the whole way back. What do you? And somehow they were like, this is going to be good for you. <laughs> yeah. What do you, th- yeah. what do you chalk that up to Christy? Like what, what, what did your body register as not good? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, I think we all three have read the body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you haven't, I mean, there are parts of it that maybe you're not going to fully agree with, but there is some real good stuff in there. And um, I think my body was had was rem- had memories, was processing things that had happened, and I didn't have words for. And mm-hmm. and so when I started talking about those things in therapy, um, you know, my my body continued to respond. I mean, that whole throwing up thing happened for like a whole year, uh, and it wasn't bulimia. It wasn't like I had an eating disorder. It was, and even to this day, if I get real emotional or if something really hard happens, the very first thing is that I have a stomachache. It's just how I respond mm-hmm. um, to my emotions, and so I needed to have words. I needed to have tools in my tool belt as to how do you process hard things. Yeah. Um, but. I would look back and as horrible as that was, it was the best thing that my mom could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think outside of Jesus, like little as savior for me and for how then I began to see the world and process things in healthy ways. Mm. So I see. what about your guys's? What's what's been your experience, I guess, with maybe your own mental health or like looking for a counselor? Was there something that sparked? Because I think we've all been in therapy at some point Mm -hmm. or are continually now. Um, 
what sparked that for you guys? Yeah, I can't quite remember what sparked it for me. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I can't remember, uh, stories I tell people, but I do remember, I do remember going to therapy. Uh, this is almost 15 years ago. And, um, I forget why I was going to therapy, but there was something going on in my life where I was like, I should probably see a therapist. I went to see, went to see a therapist. And at the end of the session, uh, the therapist said, well, I need to write something down for insurance. So I'm going to write down general anxiety disorder. And I remember when he said that, I was like, that's dumb. Like, can't you, can't you think of something more accurate? <laughs> and little did I know how anxious I was, like so anxious about so many things. And so that actually was that designation really fit me, but I was totally clueless totally clueless to the amount of anxiety I was carrying around. So um, I share that story just to say it probably was anxiety <laughs> mm-hmm. that I couldn't manage anymore. That was doing really un- unhealthy work for me and I needed help and I didn't even know, I didn't even know the help I needed, you know? Yeah. 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 My, I'm similar in that I, I can't, you know, there wasn't uh specific event, you know, that I can remember that sort of sparked anything for me. But, um, but I do remember one of the main realizations for me, uh, as I started interacting with a, with a therapist, with a counselor, um, cause you know, I, I have this, the, the way that I've dealt with things, uh, in my life that have been hard is that I, like one, one way of doing things is, you know, people kind of become really anxious and sort of outwardly sort of, they look like they have problems. I'm the opposite where I just like stuff my feelings and get to work. Like I just get, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I I thought relatively that was like, well, that's, (laughs) um, I don't really have many problems because I can do my job, you know, and I don't get too upset about things. And, you know, I, I sort of thought, that's kind of what that meant. Yeah. Um, but one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that I learned um, in uh, therapy was, was just how much I resisted or avoided feeling negative feelings. Hmm. So fear, uh, anger, sadness, those three in particular are feelings that I, I never wanted to feel. And I, and I think there was some beliefs, you know, that we unpacked some beliefs about what those feelings mean, um, that, that felt threatening to me. And I think that's why I ended up sort of, uh, refusing to acknowledge them, not, not wanting to feel them, you know, that kind of a thing, which can bring about, you know, um, like full on depression. And I remember my therapist saying, she's like, I don't think you're depressed, but she said, and I can't, I can't remember the, the name of the, uh, the thing that she said, but she said, sometimes it seems like you have something that's like, a, like an almost depression. I can't remember the name of it. I should look it up. Maybe I'll find it. But it's like dissensthensia or something like that. Um, you know, if you're a therapist and you're listening and you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about, you can email me. Let me know what I'm talking about because I can't remember. But it was basically just this muting of emotions that, that happened sort of in my life, you know, just as a survival mechanism, as a response to, you know, hard things or whatever. Um, and so for me, like a big part of what I learned in therapy was just how to feel my feelings. I'm still learning kind of how to do it. And I just remember being shocked at how, I don't know, just how much of, <laughs> how many negative feelings I had in there, you know, like just how much sadness I had and 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 fear. And I knew about the anger, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sadness and the fear, I think, uh, I didn't know about those. Um, they feel a little bit more vulnerable than anger. Anger feels like, you know, I'm, I can do something with it, but fear and sadness, man, I don't know what to do with that. So, you know, and a big part of it, you know, I remember the, one of the assignments she gave me was just to take, uh, she said like, I want you to eight times a day. And she said, I know that sounds like a lot, but eight times a day, set a timer on your phone, whatever you need to do. But eight times a day, I want you to take eight deep breaths. Pause whatever you're doing and take eight deep breaths. Hmm. That's it. That's the assignment. 
And um, that really helped me. It helped me to get in touch with what I was feeling at any given moment. Nice. Because I noticed how much of my life I just stuff it and I just move on. I just move on. I just stuff it and move on. And just the, the, the way it helped, like just to sit there and feel the feeling. I remember feeling like, well, this isn't doing any good. Mm-hmm. But then like, <laughs> you know, after I feel my feeling for like a minute or two, I actually do feel better. And I was like, oh, it did help. <laughs> Like I feel like I feel better. I feel more present. I feel more connected to myself and to other people. I'm I'm more able to empathize with other people. I'm more able to just experience their emotions with them because I can I can feel my emotions with me. And so that was like a big, I don't know, it was like a yeah. quiet but a big breakthrough uh for me. Hmm. Yeah. There's something powerful about noticing your emotions, naming your emotions and then navigating them, right? To be able yeah. to process them. And, yeah. um, and that is part of emotional intelligence. It's what we grow in. It's what we learn. Mm-hmm. And I think That's therapy right. really does yeah. help us with that. Um, that was nicely alliterated, by the way. Is that something? Well, you, you know. Did you just writing, do that on I am writing a dissertation. <laughs> oh, okay. so. well, that's true. <laughs> um, but I, I heard from all of us that we have maybe gone through seasons of therapy. Um, because I know for me, you know, my, my experience in junior high and sixth grade uh, was not my only experience of therapy. Uh, I went for a little bit and then I went again in high school and then I went again in college and then Mm. I've gone again, you know, for marriage. And right now I'm currently seeing a therapist and, um, and so it's been different seasons of when things have come up in my mental health or in my life, uh, whether it's I'm now aware of trauma or I'm able to like, you know, be able to name something, hey, I want to work through this, that I've gone through these different seasons. And most recently, similar to what you said, Matt, of when when your therapist needed to write something down, my therapist kind of nonchalantly about a year and a half ago was like, well, um, so you know that you do have complex PTSD. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just didn't think anything of it. And then she's like, I think I want you to read this book. And then she had me read this book. And I was like, what in the world? Like, I actually had language for what was going on in my brain, in my emotions, in my body. Um, But I didn't didn't know until she actually said that. And then we started working through that. Um, And unfortunately, I don't know if this has been the case for you guys, but there has been um, maybe some shame that yeah. I've experienced from, I'm going to say like, uh, hmm. communities of faith, uh, when it comes to mental health, uh, diagnoses or, um, going to counseling for mental health issues that has really been unfortunate because my therapist, I mean, I said little as savior outside of Jesus. I'm so grateful that I'm working. Th- I have like a new vision, a new imagination, greater healing, greater wholeness because of what I've worked through and am working through. And I guess I'm wondering if that, if you experience maybe some shame or some comments or people kind of belittling uh, therapy in, in your process, in your stages of therapy. I don't think that I have really experienced much of that, thankfully. Um, I think by the time I, I don't know, was talking about it and actively involved in it, I was part of, um, you know, was part of a faith community that I, I had started and, you know, and, um, and I was surrounded by people who valued it and um, wanted that for me. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, I, I don't think I've experienced much of that, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've actually had an opposite experience, Chrissy, where for many years, once I got a taste of like how therapy could help me, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I've got to, I got to do more of this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it took, um, Ben knows this because, uh, there's only about 3% of my thoughts. I don't verbalize, um, (laughs) in my entire life. Um, but I, I spent years looking for a therapist, a good one. And, Mm -hmm. and I felt like, um, there's tons of good therapists, but mm. especially especially when the pandemic hit, 
uh, therapists needed therapy even more and more people needed therapy than ever before. And so therapists are, uh, booked and they're cooked, you know, and, and it's hard to find one. So anyway, for me, it's been not like overcoming the stigma as much as it's been like, dear God, please, please let me find a therapist that I can trust. And that, um, I mean, yo, I've had some just crazy therapy appointments where I was like, I can't believe I'm going to give you money when this is done. Yeah. Mm. They've just been nuts, including one where a guy closed his eyes and prayed for 20 minutes while I sat there silently. I remember. Not, not for you. <laughs> he was praying for that. himself. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, finding a counselor can be really hard. <laughs> and, and, it, and it doesn't just happen, you know. Uh, yeah. For some people, it does. But I yeah. think like doing your due diligence, um, if there's like, what are you looking for? I think you yeah. know within maybe the first meeting if you're going to connect. Um, but it's really important. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I'm just thinking about this out loud right now. But, you know, it's <clears throat> in one sense, we're trying to make it into this maybe commodity that, that's maybe a little harsh, but like it's a service that we're trying to say is a standardized, you know, this is why therapists have to go through schooling and you know what I mean? Like we're trying to say, this is what you can expect from this kind of professional. Like a, you go to a doctor and you can expect a certain sort of modicum of, of, you know, of care. Yeah. Um, but the kind of thing that a therapist does is so uh, personal, mm-hmm. you know, like the doctor who, you know, does my colonoscopy. Sorry. Uh, or let's say appendectomy. Let's go back to the appendix surgery. No, no, no. So the doctor- no, no. Let's, let's t- <laughs> tell us more, Ben. Uh, anyway, I am, I am a man of a certain age. Um, and so I've begun to have certain kinds of procedures. You've done. begun to talk publicly so, about your colonoscopy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of an old man thing. In front of your it? kids. This uh, isn't even a dad joke. Boyfriends yeah, and it's girlfriends. Just a, it's just a thing that happened to me last year. Um, thankfully I'm good to go for 10, I don't have to do that again for 10 years. So. Really? Yeah. A clean bill of health. So, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Where was I talking about? Okay. Let's go back to the appendix. Uh, cause I mm-hmm. we get off track when we guys, you guys are too interested it's in my us. colonoscopies. Yeah, it's, it's our problem. <laughs> yeah. You guys, <laughs> you guys again. Um, no. Uh, so, but the doctor who performs my appendectomy doesn't, I don't need to connect with him or her, you know, like I, like, I don't really, I just need to know that they know how to like cut me open and, you know, and sew me back up. Um, but like with a therapist, like you really, there is a personal connection part of this that is part and parcel to the work that's being done. And I think it, I think it does make it more difficult than finding a good doctor or finding a good yeah. accountant or finding a, you know, a lawyer, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing. I think yeah. maybe, maybe that's why we find it so difficult is because it feels like, oh, there's therapists everywhere. I should be able to find one, like I can find an accountant. But it's a, it's a really unique kind of thing that is being done in these spaces. Yeah. We'll be right back. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get back to the show. Well, I love my therapist. I mean, I've had good therapists, but <laughs> right great. now I'm like, she's dynamite and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for her. That's great. What, um, what makes her good? We just connect in a way that I've not connected with other therapists. Mm. And and I I know that this is like, <laughs> like this, this patient therapist like relationship where you feel like they're your friend. Mm. She, she's connected with me. Uh, in a way where like, she's not my friend. We are not friends on social media. We do not hang out. There there are big boundaries, but like, I feel like she's my friend and I'm willing to share with her. Like she, like I'm open, totally open with her. Yeah. Um, and there's part of me, like she's, I hope she, she won't listen to this because she, she knows I do it, but she doesn't listen to it because we have boundaries anyway. Um, cause she's not my friend. Okay. Cause she's, she's not my friend. Um, she's told me that repeatedly. There's, there's part of me that's like, Maybe if I'm like, you know, get to a place where I don't need to see her anymore, we could be friends, oh. right? And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. It's no, kind of a, no. Kind of a what about Bob situation, yes, maybe? Yes. Yeah. You guys remember that movie? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, well, I would love to hear, guys, what have you learned about therapy, counseling, medication, um, and yourself as you have been in this process of taking your mental health seriously? Um, and maybe Matt, let's start with you. What have I learned about myself? Um, I, uh, as it relates to therapy, I have to find somebody who won't be charmed by my mouth. Like Tell I, more. yeah. Like the look of your mouth. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah. Cause you know, Ben, sometimes when I talk, I point to my mouth. Yeah, yeah, and it's intoxicating there's for nothing, people. Yeah, there's nothing actually. I bamboozle them. Yeah. No. Um. No. I just mean like I think that I have the ability to sound healthier than I really am because I because I know some things and I can talk about them. Right. I mean, this is the yeah. problem. One way to talk about the problem with the church is that there's a lot of pastors. <laughs> who can sound more holy than they are because they know some yeah. things and they know how to talk about them, right? Um, and so uh, for me, I've learned I need to find somebody who's not intimidated by me or impressed with me or and somebody who is can deal with that aspect of my personality that often is a cover-up for pain yeah. or brokenness. Uh, and that takes some, I don't know, takes some time. I mean, it takes some time because as much as I want a good therapist who can do that for me, I also like people to be impressed with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That feels good too. I'll pay that you to do good that. Too. Yeah. yeah. Here's your $140 and <laughs> tell me again. No. Um, so that's one thing. And that, have you, have you found someone who can kind of like cut through the weeds and actually get to the heart of what yeah. you need to kind of talk about? Yeah. So the therapist I'm seeing now, and this is the second thing is that there's a lot of really healthy or good modalities, meaning different disciplines of therapy that I've done brain spotting and I've done some um, sound and body work and I've done cognitive behavioral therapy um, and some others I'm uh, probably EMDR, uh, but I'm doing one now called internal family systems. um, And it's incredible. It dovetails Mm -hmm. really well with what we do in our gravity leadership Academy. And, um, and um, I can see my mic just keeps falling down. Uh, here we go. <laughs> um, Listeners, you can't see, but it just like slowly just goes down as he sits there. And I'm trying to leave it alone, but uh, anyway, thing up. it's it's really it's really it's really good. Um, and 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 this is just parenthetically, um, he's the cheapest therapist I've had in 20 years, 15 years. Hey, that's a good thing. <laughs> you might just have to, Matt's almost off the screen. You might just have to hold that thing up with your hands there for just yeah. a second. Oh, there, look at that. Yeah. Uh, so I've learned that there's a lot of effective modalities and there's different modalities for different 
seasons and different problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then three, I think I, here's the third thing that's really a bit important. I think for a long time as a young Christian man and as somebody looking for a therapist, I was just looking for like a guru to fix me. Like I wanted somebody to like wave a magic wand, do your therapy thing, pray your magic prayer, and just fix this. Uh, and I think what I've learned is that the best therapist finds a way to get you to reach down inside of who you are and do the work. Yeah. You have to yeah. do the work. And and the therapist can guide, can like come alongside you, can like midwife, help you breathe, but you got to push. Yeah. And I think that that's a that's a a learning. Yeah. It's good. Ben, what about you? What have you learned about yourself or as you've kind of Yeah. Well, I think besides what I shared earlier, you know, that I've just I've learned I have this tendency and that I have to I have to I have to practice. There's certain practices that I've embedded into my life um that are really really important for me like not to give up on that help me stay in touch with how I'm feeling um, mm-hmm. so that I can be more connected. And so. I, do you still set a timer? Do you still take no, deep no, breaths no. eight times a day? No, no. Um, that was sort of a temporary intervention uh, to get me, to Triage. get me in touch with what was going on, you know, in that moment. So, um, so I, you, feel- you know, I've had, I've had seasons when I do that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think the, the things that um, I, I do end up actually several, several, um, different disciplines help me to do that deep breathing, um, not just as its own thing, but like going for a walk, you know, uh, with my dog two times a day um, and um, going, like showing up for for me, like morning prayer is a time for me to breathe and to be present uh, to myself, yeah. to my emotions, to God. Um, that's, a, that's a really important discipline for me. Um, so anyway, stuff like that, like exercise, even I would, I would include in that, um, is a helpful, um, a helpful discipline, um, that gets, especially because I, I spend uh, 15 minutes in the sauna after I exercise Yeah, buddy. because my gym, Mm -hmm. I found out my gym has a sauna. How'd you find that out then? (laughs) Well, yeah, it's just randomly. I searched. (laughs) So I'm looking, Chrissy, let me tell you, I was like researching gyms. And I was like, Ben, I think, uh, how's your sauna in your gym? He's like, I don't, we don't have a sauna. <laughs> I was like, well, the website totally says you do. And he's like, no, there's no sauna in there. I'm yeah. like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. There's, well, why does your website? Well, I mean, maybe it's, I don't know. I don't think we have a sauna. And then like I talked to him a week later. He's like, well, you know what? We've got a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> it's that little door in the corner that I didn't, I didn't realize. I thought that was just a closet. No, yeah. So, so, you've yeah, been, so, so I, I, I uh, sit in a sauna five times a week, mm-hmm. and it is necessary yeah. for me. Yeah, I find it helpful. I do think these rhythms that we – I mean, all of us have different ones, mm-hmm. but like you learn these tools, I think, in therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for different seasons of your life that really do make a difference. Um, and I appreciate them. So it's good. Yeah. So anyway, I I got off track again. I don't know what it is about (laughs) what's going on with me today. Kind of just wandering all over the place with my words. Um, but yeah, uh, those are, that's one learning just about myself. Um, I think another, I mean, I don't know, this is kind of a simple thing, but, um, I don't, I don't actually go to a therapist regularly right now. Um, and you know, my therapist told me that that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, and so I think there's like, there's seasons sometimes for us where it's like, um, and some people might find it really helpful maybe to just be like, you know what? I just want to do this, you know, every month for the rest of my life. And it's just helpful for me. That's, that's great. Um, but that, that's not like a prescription for everybody, I think. Um, and so I think my relationship with, you know, with therapy has been like that. It's sort of episodic where it's like, okay, I like something, I'm stuck somewhere or uh, like, I don't know what's going on here. And so I, I get some tools, I get some insight and then I practice that. I ch- kind of change my practice and, and, and go back out of it. So, so anyway, I think that's another learning is just therapy can be episodic and seasonal for, for people. And that's okay too. So, yeah. I a hundred percent agree. How, it has been that way for me. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what were you gonna I was going to say, how about for you, Christy? 
Yeah. Yeah. Just as like kind of what I've learned about myself. Yeah. yeah. And any other learnings? Yeah. I think um, for most of my life, I saw things black and white, right or wrong, good or bad, um, you know, victim or perpetrator. Like that's how I viewed everything. Interesting. And I think that therapy has helped me see things more accurately um, and probably more gray that we are this mixture um, of good and bad. And, you know, if you would have asked me even probably, you know, five years ago for me to share my story, it probably would have been, um, it would either, it would, it would go back and forth to either all the good things that I saw God do in my life or all the really hard things that had happened in my life. Mm. And I didn't blend the two together until recently. Mm. And I just think, um, I kind of have this joke about how like, I just saw it as either rain or sunshine. There was no, uh, there was no rainbow because I didn't have them together. And I think that that is something that I'm growing in learning about myself and, and, able to see in other people too. Uh, we're not, you know, if I get mad at somebody, it's not like, Oh, they're a terrible person. It's like, Oh, no, they're just a mixture. And just like me, I'm human and I'm mixture too. And so that's probably like one of the big lessons that I'm currently processing and learning right now. Um, and part of that goes along with what we do with in gravity of just grace and truth, right. Of like, um, like, what does it look like to love with both of those things yeah. and, um, and for it to become more natural and I actually believe it. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great, Christy. That's, that's just, a, that, it's just such a key thing. Yes. For, I mean, for your work as a pastor, um, and just our work as humans, uh, to be able to have that kind of, uh, grace, you know, just to say, yeah, we're, we're a mixture, um, that things aren't black and white. It just helps so much. It helps so much. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, it's good to talk about this. I just think it's important. And yeah. especially like all of us as pastors, man, I have a, a list, right? And somebody comes to me and shares a story. Um, often I think we're like the kind of these gatekeepers that then can, can say like, Oh, I'm not actually the person that you should talk to, but let me give you a name of a therapist who could help, um, in these different situations, whether that's like marriage or eating disorder or self-harm or suicide, you know, all of these things. I'm really grateful for the work of therapists and counselors. And I just, I guess I want to say like, listener, if you are listening and you are thinking about going to counseling, um, do it. Pick up the phone. Make yeah. the appointment and see if this is, you know, could be a season for you. So yeah. Yeah. any last thoughts or um not dad jokes. I don't I didn't really want a dad joke. Oh what <laughs> what are you, what she's like, mixing the dad joke? What do you mean, Christy? I think she just vetoed it. I don't understand. I I she's kind of running this I, episode, I even... so it's Matt. <sighs> just any last thoughts? Like thoughts. For our, yeah, just reflections. Um no dad counseling, jokes. therapy, yourself. Uh, I, I would just, uh, tell our listeners, um, if you're following along with this and resonating in some ways, um, feel free to reach out, um, and let us know what that is. Um, we, you can leave us a message if you go to gravityleadership.com slash message. Uh, we've already had somebody, uh, reach out, uh, with an encouraging message, um, just about this series. Or if you have questions or something that, you know, like maybe it's like, hey, I've always wondered about this. Like maybe you guys could talk a bit bit about that. Not that we're like experts on all this stuff, but we do have experience, uh, I guess, both as pastors and as um, humans. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com or, again, visit. um, You can leave us a voice message at gravityleadership.com slash message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to hear from I you. will say therapy is some of the hardest work I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the best work I've ever done. Yeah. So friend, if you're in it and you're in the thick of it and you feel like this is really hard, mm-hmm. I just want to keep cheering you on because it's worth it. Yeah. So. Amen. Right.
Amen. All right, friends. We'll see you next time. Next time. Maybe maybe next time Christy will allow a dad joke, but not today. <laughs> I don't know. I think I feel like it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable not to end the the to end the podcast. To not end dad. it with a dad we've joke. We've done we've done it before. Uh well we've done it before in this series. So how do I mean how do you th- how do you think the unthinkable? Is this a joke? With an iceberg. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You oh, did it. Yes. You did it. <laughs> Blew right through the warning. Wow. Right. Oh, friends. Okay, right. there you have it. All right. Next next week on the podcast, Christy confronts Matt. <laughs> we have a counseling session together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Have a good week. <laughs> Peace, y'all. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful or enjoyable, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can join our Gravity community online for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as our email most Fridays with curated links to articles we find interesting and helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our podcast is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the show. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.